Hey there. Welcome to the Literary Escape Podcast. I'm your host, Becky, and I'm glad you're here today. Today I have an author joining me who is part of my summer literary escape party that's going on this week and next week. I wanted to share her books with you so that you could get to know her a little bit, and I want to invite you to the party. So stick around and I'll tell you more a little bit later. Enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here with me today. I have author Anne McIntosh with me. She is one of Harlequin's authors, and she is also going to be one of my authors for the Summer Escape Party. So I'm excited to have you meet her today. Let's jump right into the interview. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. You too. We'll just jump right in. So how did you become an author? I think it's always been something that I've wanted to do. I remember, and I tell this story occasionally, uh, being about seven years old in Jamaica, we only had one television station, you know, black and white. Mm-hmm. And on a Sunday afternoon, they would have a movie. And they oh, were wow. always like really old movies. So you know, 40s and 50s. And <laughs> I remember one afternoon lying there with my nose close to the television watching this movie. And it was, you know, a privateer and some noble, you know, French lady on one of the islands in the Caribbean. And they uh-huh. had all these adventures. But at the end of the movie, he sails off into the sunset, leaving her behind. And I remember being so angry about that. <laughs> yeah. And I asked my mother if she would buy me, I don't know if, I don't know what you'd call it. In Jamaica, we call them exercise books. It's just those tiny little oh, yeah, notebooks yeah, yeah. that you get to use at school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if she would buy me one. And I started rewriting that entire movie oh, because funny. as far as I was concerned, that was not I had done it poorly (laughs) (laughs) but uh of course I never finished it I mean seven or eight years old yeah that's a big commitment (laughs) but you know I always dabbled in in writing okay and then when my son was born I was a single mom and I felt like I hadn't really done anything in life if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and I wanted to set out to do something that I could show him by doing yeah that you know if you have a dream you should follow it and and all of that jazz right so I started doing a course I did a course up at the university in Kingston University of the West Indies they had a a creative writing course in the evenings I did that and my instructor at that course was so, you know, encouraging. She, oh, she nice. said, you know, you do have a you do have a talent, you should continue pursuing it. Of course, life gets in the way. And so it yeah. took a, a number of years after that for me to actually sit down and start trying my hand at actual writings. But that's sort of how I got into it. And when I went to Canada. And I discovered, oh my gosh, there are all these groups that you can join and yeah. all these courses you can take. And, and so I started doing that. And 
and that's really how I ended up being published initially. Okay. And were you published in Canada or was it an American publisher? Well, um, both of the, the publishers, they were the small presses. This was back in the Wild West days of, you know, before self-publishing had really right. got to, the point to where it is now. Um, and all of these small presses were kind of coming out. Most of, both of the small presses, or actually all three of them were American-based. Okay. Um, that I started out with. <clears throat> okay. But I mean, the experience that I gained writing with them was was phenomenal. I, I, I think I lucked out with the editors that I had in particular for those small presses, because, you know, mm -hmm. your mileage varies when you're working with an editor. It, right. Some, some you click with, some you don't, some you think have a really good eye for how to polish your work without ruining your voice. Right. And others are just sort of heavy, more heavy handed. I think I was very, very lucky. That's awesome. What a, yeah. what a nice way to jump into it, huh? Yeah. That's cool. And so you are now with um, Harlequin, is that right? Yes, I write, at the moment I write for Harlequin Medicals. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm curious how you got into the Harlequin Medicals. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> my really, really good friend, Amy Rattan, she lives in Canada. She lives in the same town that I used to live in. And we met through the Toronto Romance Writers Group. We had both gone to Toronto separately to this meeting. And when they asked me to introduce myself and I said, I lived in, in London, Ontario, she got up and she said, oh, great, somebody else who, you know, <laughs> lives in my town. And we became firm friends at that point. And we still are. That's, so, I have a, does she still live in London? Yes, yeah, she uh, actually no. Her parents-in-law unfortunately passed away, but her husband decided that he wanted to move back to the farm that he grew up on. Okay. So they're now out near a little town called Blythe, Ontario. Okay, because I I have a friend who lives in London. I never heard of it before until she moved there so that's kind of funny go figure <laughs> I know small world <laughs> exactly and I always you notice I always say London Ontario because if you say London everybody goes oh England England no, no. right yeah <laughs> there is there more many, than one apparently <laughs> there are many in Jamaica there's a little London which is actually really tiny too oh, how funny <laughs> that's funny yeah, so Amy uh, and I are friends and we sort of set out to break into the whole romance writing thing together okay and I don't remember how she got into Harlequin Met oh she, I think she saw one of those um so you think you can write that Harlequin does periodically oh okay and she entered and they said they weren't interested and you know she ran the whole gamut because they kind of put you through the ringer when you're first trying to break in I bet and um you know and I was there with her the whole time you know cheering her on yay go Amy just do what they ask you to do kind exactly, of exactly yeah and that's how she got in and oh, she's wow. a powerhouse man she's on her like her 32nd book 
That's amazing. Wow. And and she got in, I think, in two, 2013. So holy moly. She, exactly. She's a she's amazing. That's crazy. Um, but another one of the they were having another so you think you can write or one of the pitch things and I was going through a really hard time at the, at the time. Both of the small presses that I wrote for had folded. Um, I'd hit burnout pretty bad yeah. and had basically stopped writing for a mm. while. And Amy said to me, come on, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, just they're looking for more diverse characters and all of that stuff. And come on, do it, do it. So I was like, okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. Not expecting that they'd be interested in the book. But so did you you have to go to them with a book or just a pitch? Just a pitch. Okay. Which was a good thing because I did not have a book. I had had an idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I pitched an idea. To my surprise, they were like, oh, we're kind of interested in this. Why, Why don't you develop it? Um, at the time, my, my first marriage was actually falling apart and I was like, there's no way I can do this. But at the same time, when you're in a situation like that, you kind of think to yourself, well, you know, it's kind of now or never. Yeah. Is this going to come around again? If I say no, exactly. And, and you're already going through a bunch of changes. So why not just go for it? Why not just pile it on? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Take it all on. You know, I am woman, hear me roar. Exactly. <laughs> so I I sat down and, and I wrote the book and I went through multiple, you know, edits and did changes that they wanted me to make and okay. just sort of hung in there, white knuckled my way through it. And yeah. my surprise, they offered me a two book contract Yay. and I've been writing with them ever since. That's awesome. How fun. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm assuming you went into this without a medical background. No, I did not have a medical background. Yeah. And so how do you write medical books? I mean, do, do the editors come into play with that part or? They do have people who, who make sure that you're not spouting drool. Okay. Okay. But I think one of the things that has made me able to write these books is that when I first started writing romance, I was a huge um, history buff. And so I I started out writing historicals, which entails so much research, you know, because people are really, can be really picky. Mm -hmm. Especially those historicals. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, and I actually enjoy research. Okay. Uh, I trained years ago as a, as a paralegal, and that was one of the things that I always thought if I was going to go back into any kind of legal field, it would be strictly research-based. Okay. Because that's something that that's I really enjoy. enjoy. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm able to, to sort of fudge my way through uh, that way, you know, through the, okay. through the whole research nice. part of it. And looking at your books, you've got books that are set kind of all over the world. Tell me some of your settings and kind of how you came about with them. 
it's funny because knowing I was going to be talking to you today, I went back and looked at all of the books and tried to come up <laughs> with almost like a list of, of where they've been. Where set. they all were, yeah. Um, some of it is aspirational for me personally uh-huh. because I have never been able to travel as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Other places are places that I know or okay. that I've enjoyed. So I've set books in South Florida. I've had two in South Florida, one in Fort Lauderdale, the other one in Miami. Okay. Um, a couple of my medical authors have beat me to the keys because <laughs> I, I was that was going to be my my sort of my next stop, but I'll let that simmer down for a while before <laughs> I, I go down there. Um, I set one in New York. Okay, New York's always city. a good city to have books that set in. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed New York like the couple of times I've been there. Nice. Um, I have a thing for islands. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder how that happened. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so, but I tend to fictionalize my islands. So I've had a, a fictional archipelago in the Indian Ocean. Oh, cool. And that's aspirational. I've always wanted to go to the Seychelles. So it was kind of based loosely, okay, loosely on in that. Yeah. that. Um, nice. I created a, a private Scottish island. Nice. For one, of my, for one of my Christmas books. Okay. That's fun. Um, and I have a fictional Caribbean island that I have, I've set two books on. And I probably will go back and set a couple more there because that's, it's almost like, taking the best of Jamaica and putting it on a smaller island some of the same problems but Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to write about your own country I I find right yeah because you're so closely intertwined with both the good and the bad you don't want people to get a bad impression about where where you come from yeah but at the same time you want to be as truthful as you can be yeah. So I've only had one book set in Jamaica. And okay. That was actually what they call an editor-led continuity. So there were four books that the editors came up with the, with the storylines, and then you know you you take it and run with it. Uh, okay. Again, a Christmas a Christmas continuity, and the premise was that uh, a hospital in England would send for specialists out to various parts of the world to, you know, share, disseminate information and whatever. Okay. Yeah. And my specialist ended up going to Jamaica. So I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. And that's you know, cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One more, one more place that it's aspirational for me that I've always wanted to go to is Banff in Alberta oh, and Canada. yeah in that's the on the western side of of Canada it, it's, right it, yeah it's right in the rocky in the rocky mountains right okay um, I've always wanted to go there I don't ski I don't like snow but for some reason I've always wanted to go to the <laughs> for some mountains. reason those mountains are calling you huh <laughs> I, I think there's a train that goes across Canada oh. to Banff and I yes. think my sister did that for her honeymoon I think um, you can go, you can go actually from coast to coast on it. Wow. But the part cool. that goes, the part that goes through the mountain, they have like the, the car with the observation. Right. Like where it's all glass. Yeah. Oh. 
that would Wouldn't be that something be lovely yeah that's a such a huge country and so much of it most of us will never see just because we don't live no. up there you know I mean I've been to Toronto but getting anywhere else in Canada is going to be a trek so I lived in London for I lived in Canada for almost 15 years oh wow and just the logistics of trying to get from there to any of the other places in Canada I wanted to go to was overwhelming especially when you have kids and you know you have all of the the financial issues that come with that and so I've never been to the places in Canada that I want to go to. That so. you really want to go, yeah. yeah. London is near Niagara, right? It's No, London is sort of halfway between Toronto and Detroit. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, it is west of Toronto. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting, okay. So what is your latest book that has come out? The latest book is... Actually, I think one of my favorites, and I'll tell you, there are two reasons. I really enjoyed the characters and the premise, but the the main reason why I enjoyed it so much was that it was uh, a duet with another medicals author named Annie Clayton, and she is so much fun to work with. That is cool. We came up with the concept together, and it was based sort of around a classic car rally that is being run to raise awareness for transplants, um, the need to sign up to be an organ donor. And then, you know, the blood services got involved. So it was like this entire scenario that we came up with. Okay. We're going to be traveling across England. You know, they start in Scotland and, you know, go all the way through the, the UK there huh the UK yeah wow that's interesting um, so my hero and Annie's hero are father and son okay and then um my heroine is a transplant coordinator that is involved in the rally as well okay and and her her book is more of a second chance romance in that her heroine, who is, uh, she's a liver specialist. Okay. She was involved with the son prior to all of this and she had taken a ran off and left him and then they have to work together. <laughs> oh. In Annie's book. So, but it was, it was so much fun working with her. I think this is one of my favorite books to write to date. That's, that's interesting because a lot of times for authors, I mean, I would think the majority of times your work is solo work. And so the opportunity to work with someone else on a collaboration like that, that's got to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, it's, it's, it's such a solitary pursuit most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, we get together and grumble and, you know, in, in little groups. Right. But for the most part, it is bum in chair fingers exactly that's right when you write it's yeah you're sitting there by yourself in your computer or your paper whatever it is and yeah that's it for a long time probably (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> but it, it's, um, it's, it's more than that too, because it's not just the actual writing. It's, it's the, the coming up with the concept. Is this going to work? Is it, is it enough plot? Is it too much plot? Is it, you know, how, how can I make it more interesting other than just two people together on a page? So having somebody to actually brainstorm with. Yeah. And back ideas back and forth. Because I mean, when we started, we didn't have any idea of what we were going to do. Okay. It was sort of the, the height of the pandemic. She's in England. I'm here. We're, we're both kind of on lockdown. Right. And I think we both were missing the opportunity to, to just travel. Yeah. Just have the freedom to, you know, whatever, jump on a bus and go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Bus, plane, car, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So we were trying to, for some reason, we, we started out with, um, Annie was saying, well, what about a train? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that makes sense. If you think about it, most places in the world still use railroads extensively. Mm -hmm. Right. I said, but I'm not writing any kind of, um, there's a term for it, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but uh, we call it like the, uh, I'll put this in quotation marks, the, the savior plot. Okay. You know, where somebody from a developed country goes to a, a less developed country. Right. And, you know, it's like the, the hero, the to hero, save yeah. them, you know, whatever. I said, I'm not doing that. And if you think about having a group of medical people on a train going across a country, wh why are they there? Right. What, you know, is it that the country doesn't have the ability to deal with whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Also, we didn't want to make it anything too, too heavy. Right. Especially in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. you know no no ebola you know right nothing like that so we went through the train thing we talked about um i don't know if you know about the the ships that go um to different like they come to the caribbean or yeah. the Canada, where else they yeah go. there's like a almost a cruise ship type thing where it's all medical right right and they yeah. do things like cataract surgeries and yeah so we talked about that a bit and eh, didn't really appeal but my husband used to drive cars and rallies. He used to do rallies. Oh. And um, and so it came to me. And I said, well, what about, you know, like uh, an awareness raising rally thing? So we had him to fall back on for the details of how the rally would be. Like run. the rally, yeah. And, um, and it turned out to be just such a fun project, you know? How fun, yeah. It's all classic cars. So like my <laughs> hero is in a... 1930s Daimler and um that's fun and the two heroines are in uh, a 1960s mini that's you know and they, cool. and they, they yeah. dress in 60s garb oh, you know fun. each day kind of thing so it, it, it really was <laughs> it really was fun and so there's a route across the UK that everybody's yes. doing trying to get hit the end first is that the rally is it's that what a, it's what they call um 
a, I think it's called a TSD rally, which is a time, speed and distance rally because it's classic okay. cars. It's not that they're going fast. It is right. that they have to get from point A to point B within a certain set time. Okay. And you have to follow the route that they set for you. And you have to follow the directions of um, the speeds that they need you, they want you to go at. Okay. So you lose points if you get in too soon. You lose points if you get in too late, you know. Okay. And, um, and this one, they had a, what they call a gimmick component, which is you have to either spot things and take pictures, which is what we did in, in our books. Or, um, you know, you have to find something yeah. and mark down where, what the mile marker was where you saw it or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, my husband, of course, used to do the, the full on, full speed ahead. Whoever gets there first wins. <laughs> like you know, cannonball rally. rally or something like that. Yeah, That's he's so a fun. speed demon. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, just the whole, the whole concept. So my book starts with my hero and heroine meeting because he's been called in to consult on a patient that she's working with, a potential transplant patient. So the first part of the book is them meeting and sort of getting to know each other and basically falling in love, although they don't want to. Right. And then the last part of my book is, is the first part of the rally. Okay. And then Christy's book, her first part of her, sorry, um, Annie's, but the first part of her book is the end of the rally and then her hero and heroine working together on a case after. Okay, that's fun. How clever. And was this through um, Harlequin as well? Yes, yes. It, it's one of the Harlequin medicals. Okay. Um, mine is, gosh, how embarrassing. I can't even remember my book's name. Um, how to Heal the Surgeon's Heart. <laughs> how to Heal the Surgeon's Heart? Yes, I think so. <laughs> don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> my only excuse, if I got it wrong, is that we have a maniacal bird that lives outside of our bedroom window. Uh -huh. And I don't know if it's because it was a full moon or whatever. It chirped all night last night. Oh my it goodness. It did not stop. I thought I was going insane. I'm like, what is this bird doing? Don't they know they're supposed to go to sleep at night? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge animal lover, but at, Makes you know, you wonder at what was going on the out morning, there. Jeez. At three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, why doesn't an owl come and, you know, like, take this yeah, knock it out or something yeah she's that's so funny so what are you working on now have you got another book in the works uh yeah i'm just finishing up another christmas story it's so weird to be writing christmas stories in at this time of year but that's when you <laughs> write them of course right that's the cycle isn't it exactly um so this one is set in <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> set in a cottage hospital in Cornwall which is another oh. place that I'm dying to go and see same yeah same you know um so that one will be out I think in November okay but in and July does it have a name I, yet or no 
a Christmas miracle on their doorstep. Okay. Nice. But the um, the next book of mine that's coming out is in July. Okay. And um, that one's set on the Amalfi Coast. Ooh, love it. Okay. Another aspirational. Yeah, I've been reading several there lately, and it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I, I would just, I would just adore to win the lottery and just travel. <laughs> right? Yeah, that that one's a dream. Yeah, that's. And yeah. you know, it's funny because other people are like, "Oh, I want to go to Florence, and I want to go to Venice, and you know, and and yeah, sure, I'd love to go there." but I'd like to see the Dolomites, you know, mm -hmm. or go to the Amalfi Coast. I want right. to do that kind of, yeah. of travel. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. And so what's the one in Amalfi called? Uh, one Night Flinging Positano, I believe. Ooh. Okay. Now you write romances, obviously, right? Yes. Amongst other things. Okay. What? what other genres do you write in um i've done some just literary fiction okay um not published but that's some another place that uh, you know another facet of writing that i'm nice really really interested in okay um i'd love to do mysteries but i just don't think i have the brain for it I'd like you know, to do I don't think I, I don't think I have the. You have to have a certain subtlety when you do a mystery. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you have to you see the the clues throughout so that mm -hmm. the reader. Is yeah, to be able to pepper things in and red herrings. And, red herrings yeah. and all of that. I don't know if I have so the, clever. Yeah, but I think maybe at some point I might <laughs> I might try my hand. It seems like it'd have to be really well thought out. I don't know how you could be a pantser and do exactly a, a mystery at all I that well, one would boggle my mind I think if you're going to be a pantser and do it you have to know you know you you already have to have an idea in your mind well who did it why right you have thing. to know yeah where where and, it's going yeah and then you'd have to just sort of freeform write it and then go back and sprinkle it you know that makes sense okay I think that, I don't know. That would make sense. Do you tend to outline or are you more freeform with it? I've always been more of a pantser. Okay. Um, writing for Harlequin, they ask that you send them a proposal before you write your next book. Okay. So in that way, I've turned into a little bit more of a plotter in that you have to give them, you have to give them the concept to make sure they like it. But you also have to show that you can finish the book. You you have an end in in right, mind okay. before you start writing. Um, okay. Interesting. Because it, I'm sure most pantsers like myself, I have folders upon folders of stuff that I started years ago that never got finished. Because when you're pantsing, if you get to a, a roadblock, sometimes you can't get past it. You know. Yeah. You, it peters out on you. That's interesting. I was reading um, Jennifer Probe's book. It's called um, Right Naked. And she was calling it the sagging middle, how that's the part that's hard to get through because yes. it's not, you know, the exciting beginning or the exciting conclusion. It's just the middle kind of where everything happens. 
<laughs> you know, uh, all the boring stuff, if you will. Um, no, but I, I mean, I, I don't, honestly, everybody says, you know, that's where all the boring. So I don't think so. That's where all the meat happens. Well, that's exactly right. That's the, where you really get to know the characters and exactly. all the things that build up to whatever your conclusion is going to yeah, be. Yeah. Where they get to know themselves, yeah. where they get to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, where the grow real... through whatever it is they're growing through and yeah. exactly and and where you get a chance to really hook your reader make them invest make them want to get to the end yeah yeah and, and invested in the characters so yeah. that although they want to get to the end they also don't want to get to the end exactly to... yes that's i yeah, find that's, that a that's lot that's where all of that happens so um, I try not to think about it as the, the saggy middle or the... I like that, you know, yeah. I, I try to think about how can I keep hooking my readers through this portion of the book and, mm -hmm. and really suck them in even more, you know? Right. I like that. That's fun. How do readers... Uh, how can readers find you? They can go on the Harlequin website. It's probably the easiest way but I, it, they're also available on amazon um not just in the u.s but other parts of the world okay. as well and i was going to say unfortunately they did they don't sell the medical line um in the stores in the u.s or canada oh. i don't i don't know i don't know why we just keep online them. okay you know it's just it's a line that they don't sell here but you can get the physical oh. books as well as the electronic versions. Um, I think through all of the the major distributors. You just can't get them in their stores or whatever. Right. Okay. Interesting. That's a curious thing. Um, are, are you on social media? I have a, a professional page, Facebook page. So July is One Night Fling in Positano. Positani? I believe Positano. so, yes. And then Christmas time, the Christmas miracle on their doorstep. Yeah. That'll be fun. Good stuff looking forward to. Thank you. Well, thank you, Anne, for joining me today. This was a lot of fun chatting with you. It was a lot of fun talking to you too, Becky. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate you hanging out with me and uh, checking out the authors that I interview. I hope you found a few books that you're interested in and maybe a few destinations that you'd like to check out a little further. Today, I want to share with you a little bit more about the Summer Skate Party. I have three authors that will be joining me on June 2nd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and we are going to fill your summer reading list. So by the end of the party, you will have 15 book recommendations from 15 different destinations and you'll have had the opportunity to meet three different authors. So if you'd like to join, I have the link in the show notes. So go check it out if you don't mind. I'd love to see you over there and make sure you say hi if you join and uh, hope I see you next time on the next episode of the Literary Escape podcast.